Hello all and welcome all to the DFS Today podcast. I am your host, Mike LaFemina. Today we are going to do a review of my cash game lineup, the decisions that went into it, and how I feel overall about how the week went for week three. Then after that, we are going to take a brief look ahead into week four. I'm going to do some live price reactions. I have not seen these prices yet, so we will be digging into that just to get a brief landscape of what DraftKings has in store for us next week. Before we get started with all that, I first want to remind you all to subscribe to the NFL Fantasy Pass if you have not yet. Only $4 a month here at Sports Ethos gets you all the access to our start and sits, weather, injury projection, or injury projections, you name it, we cover it. $4 a month if you have not. Also, with NBA around the corner, we have our Sports Ethos NBA Pass for only $6 a month. And that comes with this year's brand new project that we are releasing, the Draft Tracker, which will show you your Z-score and compare it with the Z-score of your other teams live in your draft to give you just another edge against your competitors in all of your fantasy leagues this year for this upcoming NBA season. This is exciting. It is powered by the B150 rankings and the sports ethos projections. Or you could do what I suggest and just get the ethos 360 package, which gets you everything, all sports, DFS, the wager pass, everything that sports ethos has to offer for only $22 per month. Okay, now let's get into what ended up being a wild, and I mean wild, week three, especially down in Miami where the Dolphins hung a 70-piece on the Broncos. Raheem Moser went absolutely nuts. <clears throat> Devon Aching goes absolutely wild. Tyreek goes absolutely wild. Then, then, not only that, we get a Bills defense performance for the ages, a com- complete right tail wing outcome for them as they put up 32 DraftKings points at only a price point of $2,900. Spoiler alert, I had neither the Bills defense or any Dolphins in my lineup. Somehow, some way, we were able to overcome these things and get through all that. So let's dig into it a little bit. The final lineup ended up being Kirk Cousins at $6,900, getting us 29.68 DraftKings points. Tony Pollard at $8,000, getting 18 
0.1 points. Josh Kelly at $5,400, getting 2.7 points. Justin Jefferson, $9,300 for 30.9 points. Big Mike Williams came through in a big way at $6,000 for 28.1. Tank Dell, $3,600 for 28.5 points. At the tight end position, we went with Miami tight end Durham Smythe for $2,900 and got us 2.5 points. We went three running backs this week and went Zach Moss as well from the Colts. $5,500 came through with 25.5 points. And finally, wrapping things up, we went with the Washington Commanders defense, a whopping one point to bring our total to 166.98. So basically 167 points, which was good enough to eke out a 60% win rate in my head-to-heads this week. I played 45 of them, had one tie in there. And I generally, for those who don't know, I like to play head-to-heads with my cash lineup. As a majority, instead of double-ups, it just reduces the variance a little bit. Um, And I just think it's a better way to earn a better ROI as you increase your volume. So let's get into the decisions that went into this lineup. Generally, I like to spend down at quarterback, down at tight end, and down at defense when possible. Every week is its own puzzle, as I say. So this week, when the pricing first came out, my first instinct thought Geno Smith. But as the week progressed, it became clearer and clearer that the matchup that you wanted in your lineups this week was going to be the Chargers and the Vikings. The total was ended up at 54 points, which ended up being six points clear of the next highest total on the board. And it you just needed to have a piece of this game. It had the best potential to go absolutely nuclear, uh, not seeing a 70-piece coming on the board from the Dolphins. We'll get on to that later. But So that made it obvious that it was Kirk Cousins as the play at quarterback, at home, in the Dome, not in a primetime spot. We know what Kirk, we've seen it over and over, what Kirk Cousins can do in these spots, and he delivered. Um, there was a lot of... People who in tournaments were successful on the other side with Justin Herbert. He was also in consideration for cash, but I would just take the discount for a similar upside with Cousins. And that's where we ended up. My other must plays this week at the running back position was Josh Kelly. Once again, filling in the role for Austin Eckler. Also, a piece of this game 
in this excellent scoring environment. We did not get the results we wanted from Kelly last week against a tough Titans run defense. So I had no problem going back to him this week, though, uh, against that vaunted Minnesota defense that we saw DeAndre Swift absolutely carve up a week ago on Thursday night football. He did not come through for us again, Josh Kelly. That is one catch for five yards and a total of 12 rushing yards. Not what we were looking for, but I think the process was right on this one. Again, from the same game, another must play. We'll do both the remaining must plays were Justin Jefferson and Mike Williams. Mike Williams was just simply too cheap at $6,000. We saw him get increased workload in week two. And here in week three, he came through for 121 receiving yards on seven catches. We get the 100 receiving yard bonus and he was able to find his way into the end zone. Justin Jefferson, just a menace, finally found the end zone this week. Seven catches, 149 yards. Mentioned the touchdown. Also gets the 100 receiving yard bonus. And at $9,300. Little steep, but there was enough value on the board that I didn't see a way where I was not playing Justin Jefferson in my cash lineups. I did consider Tyree Kill at three and taking the $300 savings at $9,000. <clears> but I just thought that for cash, we're looking for certainty. We're looking for, quote unquote, the safer play. And in this instance this week, we had just that unbelievable scoring environment of the Vikings and Chargers. You could have made an argument ahead of this week, Tyreek Scott Patrick Sertan to deal with on the outside. No Jalen Waddell obviously boosts Tyreek, but we didn't know how much extra volume that was going to lead to Tyreek Hill. We thought that perhaps, perhaps it would get spread around more and more focus would be on Tyreek Hill. Now, Tyreek is just matchup proof. That's time and time again, he's proven it. both were, both were great plays. I do not regret playing Jefferson. He got there for us. <clears throat> now, the biggest decision I had to make this week was a three versus three of Tony Pollard, Durham Smythe, and the commander's defense versus putting Travis Etienne into Pollard's spot. Zach Ertz at the tight end spot, and the Bills' defense. Bills' defense was just too cheap at 2900 this week. Getting a nice matchup against the Commanders in Washington. We had some weather potential in that game. 
We had Zach Ertz at the tight end position, who led the league in tight end targets coming into the week with 18. And Travis Etienne going against the Texans at home in a spot where he had the potential to smash. Now, he did good. He ended up with 17.8 DraftKings points. Nothing to sneeze at there. Even in a trailing game script, which was not the sediment going into the week, right? They were nearly double-digit favorites at home, which in theory would favor a positive game script and ETN just running all over the Texans. That didn't happen. ETN did get there in receiving. We are seeing more receiving from ETN this year, which is a positive sign. I ultimately went with the Pollard, Commanders, and Smythe side. I just could not live in a world where I didn't have Tony Pollard in my cash lineup this week. <clears throat> On the road against Arizona, it was just an absolute smash spot. Only $8,000 for Pollard. Just, I, I couldn't do it. I couldn't do it. The... The thought of the Bills going down from the Bills' T defense to Washington's defense was a little concerning. But in the end, I didn't think that it would be enough of a difference to really matter all that much. Josh Allen has been known to turn the ball over and get a little frisky, especially with the fumbles, the Washington D-line gets good pressure. There was potential for maybe three to four sacks, especially with how pass-happy the Bills are. Um, obviously, it didn't turn out that way. The Bills rocked the Commanders. Um, but if I had to do it all over again, I would make the same decision. Um, you can't be too results-oriented, which I know sounds silly to say sometimes, but I feel like the process of going Commanders, Pollard, and Smythe was the right one. Smythe had been on the field a ton for the Dolphins, still got a good amount of work in this game, just with Moser and A-Chain doing what they did. Tyreek doing what he did, it just kind of got away from anybody else being able to eat at all in that game. And Smythe ended with one catch for 15 yards. All in all, the ETN Ertz Bills side did outscore the Pollard Smythe Washington side by about 30 points, and that was mostly. The Bills outscoring the Commanders' defense by 31. So <clears throat> the other two spots were a wash. And again, I would do, I would make the same choice 10 out of 10 times. Uh, for the value play, I went to Tank Dell this week at 3,600. Uh, he really impressed me in week two, going for 7.72 in touchdown this week. 
We get five for 145 and a touchdown. Uh, C.J. Stroud is proving very capable. Um, and Tank Dell is emerging as the wide receiver, too. He was playing almost all the snaps on offense, even in week two, once they put Noah Brown on IR. Uh, so he has Nico Collins and Robert Woods to contend targets with. Robert Woods should be fading as the year goes on. And Tank Dell and Nico Collins will be the exciting wide receiving core that C.J. Stroud gets to pair, be paired up with. I did consider Josh Reynolds, who was considerably more in a, but his game environment at home against the Falcons. We know what the Lions do at home, those home road splits for Goff. Um, so that was the other consideration. It wasn't a super smash spot either way for either one. Obviously, Tank Dell on the road in Jacksonville could have easily failed. Um, I think we got a little bit lucky with his final stat line, considering how the game went. Meaning, I expected the Texans to be trailing in this game need to throw a lot. Uh, they ended up putting up 37 on the Jaguars. And Tank Dell was a big beneficiary of that, but it was done awfully efficiently, getting 145 yards on five catches and finding the end zone. I don't think that's super sustainable moving forward, but it is certainly encouraging to see that he is as involved as he is in the offense. Other values I also considered real quick were Elijah Moore at 4,700 for the Browns. I expected them to be super pass heavy in this game. As I mentioned before, the Titans have one of the best run defenses in the league. And I expected Cleveland to come out throwing and Elijah Moore being a big target for Deshaun Watson and at only $4,700 um, routinely getting five to seven targets per game. He wouldn't have had to do a lot to pay that price tag off. Um, he ended up with 49 receiving yards on nine catches. So he did have a fumble to damper his day a little bit, but 12.8 DraftKings points is not too shabby for $4,700. I did also consider, consider Jaden Reed once we got the news that Christian Watson was out again for week three. This came as a little bit of a surprise as I figured Watson would be back as he did get in limited work throughout the week. But Jaden Reed stepped up once again and has proven to be a target earner for Jordan Love uh, in Watson's absence, earning five, eight, and this week, seven targets. 
He converted that into three catches for 63 yards for 9.3 DraftKings points and was only $3,800. I did not have the extra 200 to get up to him from Tank Dell this week. It just did not work for me. So quickly to review, we went Kurt Cousins, Tony Pollard, Josh Kelly, Justin Jefferson, Mike Williams, Tank Dell, Durham Smythe, Zach Moss, and the Commander's defense. Now, we are going to do a quick look ahead into week four. I have not looked at the pricing yet, so this will be kind of a live reaction to the prices. We only have the one Monday night game next week, but we do have a London game, which will dilute the the main slate pool of players. So opening things up here, we have Josh Allen coming in at 8,200. Jalen Hurts, that's home against Miami for Josh Allen. Hurts at home against Washington for 8,000. Justin Herbert home for Ve- against Vegas for 7,800. Lamar Jackson, 77. Tua, 74. Cousins gets bumped up to 61. Anthony Richardson, Justin Fields, Joe Burrow, Dak Prescott, and Deshaun Watson make up the $6,000 range. And then from there, you go to Brock Purdy, Russell Wilson, Matthew Stafford, C.J. Stroud. In the upper fives and the low fives, you get Baker Mayfield, the Carr Winston. We'll see what comes of that this week. Jimmy Garoppolo, we'll see what comes of that as he's in concussion protocol. Uh, Bryce Young, Mac Jones, Andy Dalton, Kenny Pickett, Gardner, Minshew, Sam Howell. I will say that C.J. Stroud could potentially be interesting at home against Pittsburgh. Um, Pittsburgh's D is progressing as the year comes on. We've got severe offensive line issues for Houston. Uh, So that will be some, that will take some more consideration. But at 5,600, that is appealing. Up top, though. I think Jalen Hurts would be my lean at the moment at $8,000. His rushing upside is just unmatched. Um, We're going to get at least one tush push at the goal line, it seems, every week. So he's good for the six points there. And we just saw Washington get carved up. Their defense has not been super impressive this year, right? Week one, they kind of let the rope go a little bit against the Cardinals as the Cardinals just light everybody up in the first half, it seems. Uh, Week two, they were on their way to getting blown out by Denver and Russell Wilson. 
were able to stage a comeback in there. And then we saw this week they get shellacked by Josh Allen and the Bills. So Hertz is my immediate lean there. At the running back, we get a very, very expensive Christian McCaffrey at $9,200 at home against Arizona. It's going to be tough to pass that up. Um, haven't seen the other positions yet. Um, value has yet to emerge this week. I'm thinking there will be enough value, though, that Christian McCaffrey at home against the Cardinals for the same reasons we were excited to play Tony Pollard in Arizona. Um, now, that, granted, that came with only an $8,000 price tag. But for 9200 I don't see a world where I'm going to be avoiding Christian McCaffrey. But then again, it is Monday night, and we have a week to consider, get in the lab, and go from there. Austin Eckler still priced up. I will see if we see him this week. Uh, I hope he plays so I don't have to even think about considering Josh Kelly. Um, he's on the blacklist moving forward. Tony Pollard and Josh Jacobs. Pollard at home against New England. That could be interesting. His workload is just so appealing. Um, cheaper at 7,800. Granted, it's a tougher matchup going against New England's defense. Uh, but I suspect Tony Pollard is just matchup proof. Um, he may end up being more of a tournament play than a cash game play. But we will see about that. Going down, we got Derrick Henry at home against Cincinnati for only 7000 Mozart gets a $500 bump to 6500 at Buffalo. Joe Mixon at Tennessee, that's for 6400 That's kind of confounding. Joe Mixon has an excellent, excellent, excellent workload and role in the Cincinnati offense, which has been slow to start. But going against that Tennessee run D, I think that could be the Joe Burrow, Jamar Chase bounce back spot, assuming Joe Burrow doesn't re-aggravate anything on Monday night as we speak here. Um, looking for some value a little bit down the board. We get the return of Alvin Kamara at home against the Bucks. They priced him at 6100 Um, That's a little rich for my blood. I do not believe he will be a cash consideration next week. Uh, A-Chain gets the bump up to $5,700. Um, let's see here. Madison. $5,800 could be in play at Carolina. That defense is falling apart. We just saw Kenneth Walker run all over them. Uh, remains to be seen what the Cam Akers situation develops in Minnesota. We do know they love, 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 love to throw the ball in a desperate situation, a battle of 0-3 teams. Uh, Jerome Ford is only 5,400 at home against Baltimore. Uh, that could get some run. Man, Najee Harris is all the way down to 5,500. 
at Houston. And I still don't even think I want to make that click. Too gross. I just, I can't get there with Najee. I'm never a Najee guy, really. So that may just be my own bias. Uh, Damian Pierce is all the way down to 5,100. We have seen Pittsburgh get run on a little bit, but that offensive line situation in Houston, we'll have to monitor, but it's not promising. Other than that, I think we can move on to receiver. Uh, Justin Jefferson gets a $300 increase up to 96, and Tyreek Hill gets a bump up to 9,200. And then it drops all the way down to 8,100 for Stefan Diggs. Uh, Devontae Adams is next at 8,000, even with Garoppolo potentially missing and them starting Aiden O'Connell. I think 8,000 for Devontae Adams is juicy. His ability to earn targets, no matter what offenses he's in, who's the quarterback, it's just unrivaled uh, going against that putrid Chargers secondary. I expect Adams to eat. Keenan Allen right below him at 7,900. I mean, this guy's... Speaking of ability to earn targets, um, we learned the news today that Mike Williams did tear his ACL. Uh, pretty unfortunate. So now Keenan Allen becomes the clear alpha of the wide receiver room and targets earner for the Chargers. Uh, we got Quentin Johnson and Josh Palmer behind him. Those guys are nowhere near the talent of a Keenan Allen. So. Keenan Allen, 79, is very appealing. Chase at 7,800. A.J. Brown at 77. So we got a lot of high-priced options up here. Obviously, those are guys that we are looking to every week, but we got some juicy matchups there. I mentioned the Bengals playing Tennessee, and you can throw on Tennessee. We got A.J. Brown at home against Washington uh, Chris Olave always catches my eye. He's up to 7,100. A uh, little lower down the bar, board, Amari Cooper seems a little underpriced at 6,100 in a home matchup against Baltimore. Scrolling down, Nico Collins. They refuse to price him up. He's at 51. He did put in a little bit of a dud, but this week I expect him to bounce back, so he will be in consideration uh, they did give Tank the bump up to 4,600. Adam Thielen at 4,500 at home against Minnesota will definitely be in consideration, uh, especially if Andy Dalton gets the nod in week uh, week four. Uh, scrolling down, Quentin Johnson at 3,700 could be interesting. That is about it for now being that it's monday uh tight end real quick we do not get the chiefs on the main slate so tj hawkinson at 6500 is your top tight end with mark andrews coming behind him at 54 and kittle coming in at 51 and then after that 
It is a dead zone of Taysom Hill, Goddard, Hunter Henry, Tyler Higby, Cole Komet in that $4,000 range. Uh, unless somebody is absolutely going to smash, I'd rather just pay up top for tight end or drop down for some value plays like Friermuth at 3400 Kincaid is only 32 Dawson Knox is 31 Cade Otten, 31 Smythe at 3000 is a potential go-back-to situation. Other than that, uh, tight end so gross all, all the time. And then we'll end real quick on defense. 49ers priced up to $4,700. No thank you. Um, too many variables on defense that I just never pay up for defense. It's the least predictable. It's just you would think that that's a smash spot, and it may end up being a smash spot, but I'm not paying $4,700 to find out. Um, ones that do catch my eye, um, Cleveland only being 2800 against Baltimore. Lamar Jackson looked great last week, but they're dealing with some injuries. Cleveland's just been outstanding on defense to start the year. Um, Lamar brings some fumbles into play. I expect Cleveland to be able to get some sacks as well. So the Browns are somebody I am circling at 2,800 to keep my eye on. And that's about it for the time being. But be sure to follow me at mlfm 10 on Twitter, if you are a DFS Pass subscriber, you have access to our Discord, where I will be posting some thoughts throughout the week, talking roster construction, talking pricing, talking stacks for tournaments, everything you need to get you ready for a profitable Sunday on DraftKings. Thank you, everybody, for joining, and we will see you next time. You know when you're listening to a true crime story that has an unbelievable plot twist that makes you stop in your tracks? That's what our podcast, People Are the Worst, brings you with each episode. I'm Rachel. And I'm Rebecca. We're identical twins who love true crime cases that make you say, didn't see that coming, and we hate the people responsible for them. Listen to People Are the Worst now on Apple, Spotify, or wherever you get your podcasts.